Welcome to We Go There, our first episode. I am so excited we're doing this, and we're in Lexi's shoe closet. I just want to say, like, set the scene for you guys, because I'm seething with jealousy. She has an amazing shoe collection, and her feet are a size smaller than mine, and I can't borrow them. Just Nikki's trying to shove her feet in, and she's going to have bruised, bruised feet coming out of this, for sure. So, yes, we're in, we're in my closet, and we're real amateurs at starting this. Um, I, we just started to record and I didn't even have the mic plugged in. So take two, take two. Here we go. Let's hope the children keep sleeping. And for our first, yes, for our first episode, (laughs) we're talking about peeing your pants. We sure are because it is a very common issue and you blew up the internet with the photo you just took and she shared on Insta of peeing her pants at you know, what, eight weeks postpartum when you went for a run with your husband. Yes. I Guilty. I am a pee, a pee pant peer, pant peer, for sure. Um, I went for a run with Adam, and during the end of the run, I was running down Young Street, everyone walking around me, and I had full black tights with pee all over. And running up the street to my house, I then saw, like, a whole group of these, you know, 75 year olds looking at me and I I guess I felt like I belonged with them I was like oh I'm part of the part of the gang now hey look at me (laughs) oh it's so it's so really I've been great that you shared that photo because so many women were like you know they were they were all commenting being like me too like it's a thing right it's a very common thing shocked like I couldn't I I thought you know what I just done an interview of someone first Dr. Sinead um, who will be on here today Mm -hmm. and I was like I have to share this because I'm going to be such a hypocrite if I interview someone all around incontinence and then we don't actually talk about it because it's such a common thing I've now learned and that it can happen at all stages of life which I think is really important yeah a lot of people assume that it's just something related to pregnancy or postpartum or you know you're older and you're in diapers but like you know you even shared with me that you've been dealing with this issue since you were like a late teen yeah like 18 I probably 18 years old I had I guess you know I I would run and pee my pants at the end of a run when I'd overexerted myself mm-hmm. and it's so yeah I just think it's so important that today we share with everyone the breaking down of kind of that stigma that it is really common for women to have this and that it's fixable and I think that's the part for me that was so important in hearing is that I can be fixed 100% of course you can and and I think that a lot of women just kind of think, oh, well, you know, it's it's part and parcel of, of having a baby, so I'm not going to do anything about it, or it's just, like, my new normal. Um, but you don't have to live with it. It's common, but it's crappy, and you deserve to not have to deal with that. And so the number one thing I say is go and see a pelvic floor physiotherapist and, and make sure you understand what's going on, because you might be leaking for a variety of different reasons, yeah. right? Like, Kegels aren't always the answer. Yes. So I think that that, yes, Kegels for sure are not always the answer. And I, again, like being someone who really didn't know anything about this and just knowing that I peed my pants when I overexerted myself and then my midwife actually forcing me to go and see or highly, highly recommending me go and see a pelvic floor physiotherapist made me realize that 
there should be no level of like any type of leakage um, while I'm pregnant, when I'm not pregnant, and definitely before I even got pregnant. So being the expert you are, Nikki, can you take us through like, what does it mean for someone to have incontinence? And like, what is that so that anyone listening, if they think like, oh, it's just like normal that I like laugh and pee a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's everywhere. We see that. It's exactly. all sanitized. I'm like, no, no, guys, like it's, it's both. It's both number one and number two is incontinence. And it can happen to both. And we need to be able to talk about that too. But we've got different kinds of incontinence. So back to bladder leakage, which is more common. Right. We've got... Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stress urinary incontinence, which is when you are laughing, jumping, running, sneezing, coughing, that's when you have leakage. And then there's urge incontinence, which is often known as like key in the door syndrome. So I was sharing with you that growing up, I remember, you know, I'd be in the car with my mom, it's back in the eighties and we'd go into the grocery store and she'd pull into the driveway and be like, stay in the car. And I'd watch her like run out doing the little peepee dance, crossing her legs, trying to get the key in the front door because I knew she was about to pee her pants. So that's urge incontinence when all of a sudden this overwhelming need to pee just overcomes you and you often pee your pants. You don't make it to the toilet. And then the third kind is called mixed incontinence, which is super fun because you get a bit of both. Lucky, (laughs) lucky duck. So I definitely have stress, stress, induced con well, stress what's incontinence. it stress incontinence yes say that five times fast <laughs> stress incontinence but i also mentioned to you i feel like i'm giving myself urge incontinence which i don't know if that's like something you can do yeah because you're you told me before we started recording you're like oh now i just like pee in case or if i'm up in the middle of the night with clark and yeah i'm feeding him then i'm like i may as well just go to the bathroom and i had said well you need to make sure your bladder's actually full and what, what i mean by that is you need to be for like eight mississippis so I'm now going to Mississippi every time I pee. <laughs> Mississippi while you pee, everyone. Well, it's true, because if you're peeing and it's just like this tiny, short little sprinkle, you can rest assured your bladder wasn't full. Right. And we don't want to pee on a half full or not so full bladder, because what that does is it trains your bladder to not fill up all the way. And then you're going to have to, you know, pee all the time. And you're going to feel like you have a small bladder. You don't actually have a small bladder you've just trained the muscles around the bladder called your detrusor muscle to be overactive, right? Like an overactive bladder. And that's something that requires neurological retraining. Um, and you want to see a pelvic physio for that as well. But one of the things we talked about was the calf raise thing. Okay. So Nikki, <laughs> this is what's so wild to me is that so much of what happens in our pelvic floor is linked like mentally to like our stress. And I'm sure that I didn't have these incontinence issues as much as I did post Piper, as I do post Clark and it's COVID and it's so stressful. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's linked to a lot of what I've been going through. But so Nikki also in, and I think this is a great experiment. You should all do it. (laughs) Had me do calf raises, which I was like, great. I haven't worked out today. Like let's throw in a few calf raises and then stretch my calves, which when I did the calf raises, I felt like I had to pee. And then I started stretching them out and I was like, it's actually gone. Yeah, it's so essentially what you need to know is that we have a nerve that runs at the back of our calf that enervates our bladder. It's called S2. You'll be quizzed on this later. Just kidding. <laughs> but essentially, if you so if you are someone who's like, oh my god, I you know I'm walking you know down the block or I'm I'm out of the house and all of a sudden I've got this overwhelming urge to pee or I'm getting to my car you know, getting to my, my front door from my car, you get that like zero to 60 feeling and right. you know, you just peed half an hour ago, you know, logically your bladder isn't full. 
then try doing some of the calf raises and calf stretches. And that stretch can, it out. Yeah, that can interrupt the signal from your brain to your bladder to get you to stop you know, that urge. And it can actually be part of a retraining program where you're essentially trying to go longer and longer between peeing. Which is amazing. Like, it's just so fascinating that that is kind of the urge piece is a lot around just mentally retraining your body, your mind, and then therefore your body yeah. out of out of this feeling. Oh, so. totally. And avoid, like, soda, caffeine. These can be bladder irritants as well. But right. it's best, again, I'm giving very generalized advice here. It's yeah. important that people go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And when you do, it's so lovely <laughs> <laughs> because you get to you know, lay there and bloom flowers mm-hmm. out of your vaginas. But I, but, and we mentioned Kegels before, and I think this is a big piece that is one in that kind of misconception part of things is that for me, this with the stress induced um, incontinence issues, mine is around all of the tension. And my whole life I was doing Kegels nonstop. I was like, okay, the one thing I need to do for down there is Kegel. And then I'm good to go. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, in good shape. Um, but that's absolutely not, not no. accurate. It's I'm going to make your problem worse. As Which you is probably learned. why I'm, yeah. <laughs> you need to blossom, girl. Well, I need to just keep blooming. Every night going to bed, I'm just blooming flowers <laughs> out of my vagina. <laughs> yeah, Kegels can, can make certain issues worse. And it's very, very common that women would have some tension in their pelvic floor. Um, you know, and that can come from a lot of stress. It can come from a history of trauma. It can come from you know, life stress, work stress, just in general, I need people to know that your pelvic floor is governed by your autonomic nervous system. So it's not like your bicep. So for example, like if you watch a scary movie and they did a study, I did not make this up guys. (laughs) If you watch like scary movie and you measured the muscle contractile tissue in your pelvic floor, you would find that your pelvic floor in response to scary movies tenses right like you're clenching that vulnerable area when you see something scary you're not involuntarily clenching your bicep totally right I mean I'm clenching right now (laughs) who's clenching right now I'm clenching this is my problem I'm just I keep it tight I know and tight tight and a lot of and you know the verbiage too like especially in fitness which is my industry like we tend to be like I want to get tight and toned and I deliberately never use the word tight because tight isn't functional. Tight is actually not the goal. Function is the goal. Absolutely. And I, you know, again, I think that it's so important. And one of the main things that we really wanted around this discussion to get across because of, for me, like being someone at 18 years of age who struggled with peeing my pants and not realizing that it wasn't normal. I didn't tell anyone. Like, I mean, I had to tell my parents because it looked like I had massive vagina sweat or (laughs) that I peed my pants. Um, And I guess the latter was probably better um, at the end of like just these overexertion, you know, type races. But I think at that, like the biggest thing is this misconception that again, like it happens to only women who are pregnant or postpartum, or if you're, you know, 65, 75 plus, like I gave that joke about running into those people after my run. And even when I was on Googling, just to prepare for this, because I'm not the guru like Nikki is, I'm just the girl that pees her pants, is that I googled, you know, incontinence and incontinence stats, and I came across the Canadian Continence Foundation, and as soon as I opened it up, it's all pictures of, like, Mm 75-year-olds, and talking about, you know, diapers for, for, you know, 
I guess, seniors. Yeah, yeah, and that's the number one reason that, you know, we're put in old age homes. That's also a fun Stop fact. it. No, it's true. I did not make that up either, guys. I'm a, I'm a random wealth of stats, but the, it is... Around peeing your pants. Yeah, around peeing your pants. It's very specific knowledge base <laughs> that I have, but, but yeah, you... Um, would be surprised to know that the number one reason that we are often moved to care facilities in elder elderly age is because we are peeing our pants. Which is, uh, like, so just because we have to be put in diapers. And it's something that we can fix. Well, this is the whole thing. So what I think you're saying is that you wish that maybe on that website there was also some resources, or there were some resources geared to people closer to ours. We're both in our 30s. Completely. Like, there's so much that we can do proactively now to avoid ending up in diapers when we're 70. Right, exactly. And I think that that's the biggest thing. It's like, we could fix this now if we only had the tools. And so, and I guess what Nikki's saying is the tools are like step one, go and see a pelvic floor physiotherapist Mm -hmm. and then they're going to guide you. And there's ways to do this that aren't crazy expensive and that we can fix this now proactively so that we don't end up in diapers down the road. Yeah. And even the smallest little bit of leakage, like it might not seem like a big deal, but generally speaking, like if you don't address it, it's not going to get better. Right. You know, as our, as we age, our hormones change, collagen, elastin levels change. Like a lot of women will will notice like all of a sudden it becomes more and more of an issue, you know, when they hit menopause. So let's be proactive about that shit now. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And in speaking, in being proactive. So uh, because, you know, I posted this picture of me peeing my pants, um, Core Life Wellness. Yeah, reached out to, well, Nikki was already talking to Core Life yes. Wellness and has a great relationship with um, Sinead, who will be interviewed on here later. Um, and I just posted a picture of me peeing my pants. So we went into Core Life Wellness to specifically target the issues that, you know, personally I have around this stress incontinence issue and met Libby. Libby is a chair that you <laughs> sit on. And it's hard to explain, so I think you just need to hear how it all went down. Yeah, here we go. Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. So, uh, Lexi, we're here. We're at Core Life Wellness. Are you ready for this, girl? I hope so. I'm uh, definitely in need of it, clearly. A little bit of an incontinence issue going on over here, but I am, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet Libby. I know, this chair, like this chair, we're about to go sit on this chair and do, I think we each have 28 minutes to sit and essentially get all sorts of electro-stimulation. They use the word stimulation. Stimul- I'm down for some stimulation. <laughs> You know, we're here also to get pelvic health physiotherapy, so we're going to yes. see Dr. Sinead, too. Which I'm super excited about, because I I know pelvic floor therapy changed my, like, laboring experiences and all of that in the postpartum as well, and I haven't seen one because of COVID. So now I get to see Sinead, who is 
unbelievable. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm six weeks postpartum yesterday. You can, if you might hear like the burping of this little child on my lap right now. <laughs> He's so cute. Drunk. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also going to have my, my, uh, situation checked out, you know, and we had some tearing this time again. So yeah, hopefully the stitches have healed. And this is like, this is early days for both of us. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. uh, and we both have our own unique concerns. So I'm just excited to uh, see how this goes see how it impacts um you know my life and sneezing and not peeing would be a game changer yes <laughs> no it's true and and i think that women need to know that there's nothing to be ashamed of because they can feel that like you know oh my god and that's why i love that you posted that because like you know it's it's you're normalizing something but in a way where you're like i'm not just gonna live with this there's help out there i'm gonna be proactive and other people can be proactive too well thank you Thankfully, Core, Core Life Wellness saw my post and said, we will save you. <laughs> we got you, girl. That's right. And we also will give a sneak peek into, apparently, Protocol 2, which is um, the next sex. level. It's all about sex all about and improving sex. sex. So first, stop peeing your pants. Second, improve your sex life. <laughs> I, think, I think we can all get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, here we go. Yay. Okay, so we're at Core Life Wellness, and I am about to try the Libby. Hi, Libby. Nice to meet you. I am on this really amazing chair, and it's all for incontinence. So, you know, uh, we're going to see how this goes. So tell me, what do I got to do here? All right. So we're gonna, um, you're going to sit up straight, tight core. We're going to get uh, your legs spread apart, um, <laughs> shoulder width apart. <laughs> spread them. Okay. All right. And Done. And then we're going to uh, raise the chair until you feel that you're about 90 degrees okay. leg bent. Maybe a little lower. A little lower. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So start, Nikki. We are going to find the location. So you're going to feel tapping. And what we want is to uh, for it to feel at the bottom of the perineum. Okay, so no slouching. No I have slouching. to sit tall. So that's the space between the vagina and the rectum. That's right. Got it. All right. So we're going to start this. And you're going to feel, again, feel tapping. Just going to turn it up a little bit. I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Ah, what do you mean hurt. tapping? Like, like, like little electric shocks? Ah, Not yes. shocks. Shocks? Yeah, I feel it. It's on my butt. Okay, so, so you're going to want to move uh, back a little bit. Okay, you're gonna, again, you're got gonna it. Find it in the oh, yeah, there's something going on in there. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, it feels like, like a laser beam is like, like shooting my perineum. But it doesn't hurt, though, right? No, it doesn't hurt. I, I, that, that's probably not a good analogy because nobody <laughs> wants a laser beam shooting up their crotch. But it feels like lightning. Like, okay, blast off. Here we go. All right. Woo! Okay, so we're going to slowly increase. This one is... You feel it? Feel yeah, it? I feel something going on. It's, it's, there's multiple, like, little... Yeah, wow, what's going on there? Okay, I feel... So you've got a dial and you're ramping it up right yeah. now? Yeah, so it's... What and level am I at? So right now you're at 50%. Only 50? This feels like at least 90. Has anyone had an orgasm on this chair? <laughs> Not yet, but there is it's a sense where you sit. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, like, very intense. Like, it's, yeah. like, this is, like, you know, the joke about women sitting on washing machines. Like, this is, like, <laughs> yeah. next level. Yeah. And there's the level of like the yeah. program and the second There's program. a second protocol which actually focuses on bringing blood flow to the area and helps um, orgasm, helps with men with erectile dysfunction, oh, wow. all of that. That one feels very good. Better it's, than this? Yes. <laughs> Am I going to get to try that one later? Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> <Why not? laughs>
That's what I'm talking about, ladies. <laughs>Okay, so we finished Libby Protocol 1, yes. and I'm getting a sneak peek, even though this is my first session, I'm going to have six more, um, but I'm going to get a sneak peek of Protocol 2, Right. which is? So this one is more for sexual function, bringing blood flow to the area, helping um, men with erectile dysfunction, ladies. It's amazing, so men come and sit on the chair, on yeah. Libby. Yeah. <laughs> Real. So we're going to start it the same way, you're going to feel the tapping. Just to get you positioned, but you haven't moved, so you should be fine. And for women, it can improve orgasms, help you achieve orgasm faster? Yes, faster. Okay, and, and more intense? More powerful, yes. More powerful. They're getting you all revved up and sending you home. Yes, that's right. You're welcome, Adam. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome, me, actually. Yes. Like, thank you, guys. All right, so You'll be receiving wine and flowers tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to you and Adam. Yeah, from us both. From us both. Oh, oh she's amping it up, guys. Yeah. Turning the dial. So you can already feel it's different patterns. The tappity tap tap is... Yeah. Even the sound is just fairy protocol, too. Yeah. All right, so hear this dance party going on <laughs> in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> turned up in here. I'm getting a little hot. You look <laughs> blushed. I'm blushed. I'm blushed. I'm blushing. And everyone's still in the room. <laughs> okay, so Dr. DeFour, please explain how this chair works. So it's marketed as an incontinence chair, but it does more than that, right? Yeah, it does. So, um... The concept of using this sort of high-frequency electromagnetic stimulation for incontinence actually isn't new, but the way this company, BTL, has, um, they've spent years actually trying to refine the exact amount and sort of just the waves of how the energy is going in. So this sort of version of an incontinence chair is new, and this protocol that's kind of used now in the chair is new and I must say it, it caught my attention um, to be honest after I saw some research about it presented and really it's more than an incontinence chair because we see from the studies that it seems to improve outcomes in issues when there's been sexual pain sexual dysfunction yes incontinence but different types of incontinence so continence that can be more associated with a really weak or atrophied pelvic floor mm. that you'd want to build all that muscle up. But on the flip side, it also seems to improve outcomes in the other type of incontinence, urge incontinence that is associated with upregulation of the bladder muscle, which is a very different issue. But the chair improves outcomes with all of these different pelvic health concerns. So it's doing more than just 11,000 kegels. Exactly. Because that's how it's marketed. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't want to do 11,000 kegels in real time. I mean, if we can make this happen in 28 minutes, sign me up. But I think it's an interesting point that you make because, you know, one thing that I've learned through my years as a Pilates teacher and specializing in pelvic health is that people generally assume that I'm leaking pee, I must need to do more kegels. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people have issues with tension. So they're, they're a leaking urine, they're incontinent, because they actually need to 
release tension in that tissue. And you're telling me that the chair is going to help with that. Yeah, so, so certainly in the studies it seems to do that, and certainly what we're seeing clinically it seems to do that. And really, when we look at actually, you know, the technology, the stimulation that's going in, and we understand how that type of stimulation would impact sort of the neuromuscular system, it makes sense that it's going to help to kind of balance out that system. It makes sense that it's going to develop better fitness and function through that whole system because really it's getting into the level of the nervous system. And and that is an important kind of caveat that people are, are understanding that really we want the tissues of the pelvis to be fit. So what does fitness mean? Well, fitness mean, means Not flexible. <laughs> it means having some responsiveness. Mm -hmm. It means being able to coordinate with the other tissues at the right time. It means being able to generate and lift slowly with control and let go with control. But also in another scenario, being able to rapidly contract and rapidly let go. Mm -hmm. And so there are different components of the nervous system that really need to be powered up properly mm -hmm. to allow that communication to happen. So we think this is working actually more on that communication level. And that would explain why it has this positive effect on this array of pelvic health concerns. You're a researcher, you're a PhD, you are someone who is very prominent in the world of pelvic health. Mm -hmm. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm a super fan. Everyone knows that. But you are now talking about adding an additional therapy to mm -hmm. people who are suffering from incontinence. And in the past, you've just done, you know, I guess you could call it traditional pelvic health physiotherapy mm -hmm. and so I know that there are some people who say well this chair is just marketing like you there are some critics of the chair can mm -hmm. you speak to that yeah happy to I think that's a good thing um, so to be totally honest with you because I'm a professor at McMaster because I'm very evidence-based in what I do I actually tend to be skeptical of adjunct treatments for the pelvic floor. I really do. And really when you look at the data and the clinical practice guidelines, it is very, very clear that first line treatments for incontinence, if we're gonna specifically talk about incontinence right now, is supervised by someone who knows what they're doing, pelvic floor muscle training, meaning an actual assessment needs to be done to determine what components of pelvic floor fitness for that person needs to comprise their treatment plan for their exercises. That's one. Another one is bladder training. Many women actually don't know how to pee properly, believe it or like not. Like they're pushing when they pee. They're pushing when they pee. They're peeing every hour. They're peeing just in case. They're doing all sorts of things. And, and really, we have protocols called bladder training and bladder retraining protocols. Those are also first line. And then we also have devices that can help support the urethra if someone's leaking because that the urethra needs more support. Those are all first line with what we call level 1A evidence. So those are always going to be the first strategies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, we have level 2B evidence that what's called adjunctive therapies, certain adjunctive therapies can also have a benefit. But they're called adjuncts because it's in addition right. to the higher level evidence. And when we look at what those care strategies are, we have one thing called biofeedback, we have one thing called electrical stimulation, EMS, a probe that goes into the vagina. 
we have something called vaginal cones or vaginal weights and we have something called intravaginal laser mm. and then we have the chair okay. and these are all the evidence-based options in that category well the evidence to support the chair is just as good as the evidence for those other adjuncts but the difference with the chair is that these the only one that you can sit on it fully clothed. Right. Every single other adjunct still invo involves an invasive or cumbersome procedure. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that is for the benefit of it being more effective. Right. Right. So I will say that is the one thing that I've been drawn to the chair for because there are many women that get to a point, even after having pelvic physio, they don't want anyone touching their vagina anymore. Like they're just <laughs> they're done. done. <laughs> they're done. And so this can be a really great option for that person who maybe got 90% better mm -hmm. under my care. And it's just that last little bit they're trying to get. And I'm thinking, maybe we just need a different input yep. into their system to help them get that way. And this way with Libby, they can just sit on the chair. I love it. And so that is why... Um, I'm quite attracted to this as an option. You know, we are really tracking data as we are seeing people, right? And certainly, I'm looking through this with a critical lens, right? Because I am a researcher. Yeah. But I mean, so far, there's just as good science to back up this than lots of the things that women are buying on their own online. They're buying vaginal weights. Their family physicians are telling them to go get these things and do their Kegels, and actually that's not evidence-based. Because mm -hmm. many of these adjuncts, if they're not used properly, they can do more harm than good. Mm. So I feel really good about you know the chair positioned in our facility as one of many, of one of many menu items. I love that. No, and it, it's it's important for people to get assessed and, and know exactly what it is that they need to do and know that just doing the chair on its own isn't really what we're suggesting. Absolutely. I mean, for someone to think, well, that's too good to be true. I just sit down on this chair and it's going to, well, of course that's too good to be true. Like if that's really what happens, then we'd have lineups around the block. <laughs> and that's not it. The chair is doing something important, something that we see a legitimate benefit clinically and in the rigorous studies that have been done, which there have been many actually. Mm. And that's exciting, but it's addressing the neuromuscular component of a problem. There usually are also stress-related issues with pelvic conditions. There can be fear-based issues. There can be over-pressure exercise-related issues. There can be pain just in case and upregulating your bladder. It's not going to fix all that. Right? It's going to do something really unique, really um, kind of state-of-the-art technology for an issue as part of a more tailored, individualized program. Love that. Well, thank you for explaining that. I think that's something that a lot of people really will benefit from knowing. Okay, so fast forward now. I went and had six sessions and I think it's been a week after that. So it's been over two months and then a week after my last session mm -hmm. since then. So I'm, I'm still, um, Tell I'm us. still having a few issues. Okay. So I know that they said that I should wait like five weeks until the full 
everything takes place, I guess. I don't know what's going on down there, but things are <laughs> happening still, I'm told. Yes. And then five weeks later, um, I'm going to go in, and Sinead's going to uh, give me another pelvic in- examination. Yippee! Yay. And I'll find out, like, what the end result is and then see where I end up. But mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm nervous because I still I went for a run the other day, and I'm, I'm still peeing a little. Okay, so are you doing your homework? No, Lexi, no, I'm not doing my homework. You didn't do your fucking homework. <laughs> like, okay, okay, wait, I'm, I'm cutting you off. My, I'm, I'm cutting you off. So, here's the deal. The chair is amazing technology, yeah. but it's not a replacement for A, pelvic floor physio, and B, your freaking homework. So, you need to keep, you know, you can't just like, it would be amazing if you could just like sit on a chair and it's like a fairy godmother. Exactly what I was hoping. And it's just going to fix it. No, we, we do need to be... You know, like any type of muscle training, right? Like we have to make sure that there's consistency. So you're on the right track. Yes. Okay. Right? So okay. this is just my, con- I'm your conscience being like, do I know, homework. I know. I'm going to just see Nikki in my head every day. I, I yes, I'm going to do my homework because it, but it was so nice sitting there for 30 minutes and just doing nothing and hoping that this all went away. But okay, I got to do my homework. Yeah. And it'll come. It will come. It can be very discouraging, right? Cause you're like, is this actually doing anything? And you just want to get back to the things you love, like running or exactly. hit, hit classes or whatever it is that like you really like. I know. Um, and you will get there. So I want to be encouraging here and just to trust that like these really tiny nuanced pelvic floor exercises are actually making a difference and I think that that's the key because it feels like nothing because it's mm-hmm. so it's internal right yeah. and it is a muscle and right it's muscle of course there's, mu- <laughs> yeah, there's about 10 muscles in your pelvic okay perfect yes. <laughs> confirm that. Just but it, and it needs working so I need I'm committed I'm going to do the work and I will update everyone as I'm sure everyone wants to know how it's going down the road. But so to just like wrap this all together, Mm -hmm. like from you, Nikki, like what, so what are the things that we need to know? And the, I guess the highlights of this discussion of anyone who's out there, who's now thinking like, Oh my gosh, like, I think that's me. Or I know that's me because I laugh or sneeze and pee a little bit bit, and those issues happen. Yeah. So it's common, but it's crappy and you don't need to live with it. So don't be afraid to go and ask for help. Don't have any shame around it. Just you know, see a pelvic floor physiotherapist. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Um, and sometimes they're called women's health physical therapists. If you're in the U S um, physiotherapist is a more of a Canadian term, but they do the same thing. Um, and it's all about making sure that you understand what's going on in your body because Kegels point number two might not necessarily be appropriate for you. Yes. Again, so important. I think that people hear that. Yes. And so there's a lot that we can do. Um, and, and know that it's never too late because a lot of women are like, Oh God, like, you know, Lexi, you're postpartum and you're, you're really getting in there early. Someone might be listening to this and might've had their kids 10, 20 years ago and be like, shit, it's too late. It's not too late. There's so much that you can do. Um, and you will still get, get results. You just have to be consistent. Yeah. And I mean, I have been dealing with this since I was 18 years old. So (laughs) if I can be healed, we all can. (laughs) It's true. It's true. So we want to just empower people with knowledge to know, A, don't be ashamed of this. B, ask for help. And and C, know that it's never too late. I love that. So you've heard it here. We went there and we're excited to go everywhere else. I'm so excited for this whole podcast that we're doing together. And, um, we, you know, stay tuned because we have so many more places that we are going. Oh, God, yeah, it's going to be good. And we're going to get, like, periodic bladder updates, Lexi bladder updates. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, promise. <laughs> who doesn't want to tune in for those? 
All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.